Hello, theologists, sisters, and misters. Welcome to the coven. So uh, last time we talked all about gods and goddesses of like the Christian Catholic Jewish God. (laughs) That got heated. It got really heated, but I was kind of here for it. It was really fun. Uh, We're recording these like all in the same night. So I can only hope that you guys have left some really interesting comments um, or have already talked to us about it. in the discord so but yeah we're or just have subscribed um or have liked or have shared or have left a review on uh, on apple podcasts <laughs> apple podcasts <laughs> the the one place where you can listen to podcasts that isn't spotify <laughs> um but yeah so we talked a lot about the idea of you know monotheism versus polytheism um and how you know if you believe in celtic gods if you also believe that the other types of you know gods and goddesses from other you know parts of the world also exist and how that kind of came to be which was basically the idea that like each of these like groups of gods and goddesses were kind of uh they self-assigned themselves to like different parts of the world to like show themselves and to build their following and now just with like the age of technology and travel you know, those ideologies have spread outside of, you know, those distinct locations. I do have to point out that I went to the UK before she even spoke to me as well. Do you think she followed you home? I mean, I don't think she followed me home like a lost puppy. (laughs) No, you followed her home. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what are we on about this time? So, okay, so this time I want to talk to you about more of like the idea behind that like mob mentality of religion and like how you feel about everybody sort of like per religion worshiping the same way that idea of like catholicism you know which is like very fire and brimstone if you don't do x y and z you're going to hell uh versus you know like judaism where like the you know more devout jews keep kosher you know, and if you don't keep kosher, you're seen as lesser than in like the Orthodox and Hasidim communities. But you know, what's really interesting, and not a lot of people know about this, unless if you are Jewish, but the Hasidim community is one of the most gatekeeping communities in terms of religion that I've ever met or have known about. And when I say that, If they saw me, they would say I am not a Jew, regardless of my bloodline, which I did an ancestry test and it said a hundo percent Jewish. (laughs) Literally, it said it right there. European Jew. Mine had so much European in it. I don't. Oh my gosh. Your girl's a purebred Jew. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, is like that doesn't matter. If you don't follow their belief system, which is, you know, very much like the keeping kosher, um, women have very, very strict rules about modesty, things along those lines. Uh, There's like very strict dress codes. So basically, Hasidic Jews would look at me and say, well, you don't practice the religion the same way that we do. We do not see you as Jewish. Wow, you're a failed purebred. Apparently so. (laughs) I don't even know what that means, but I guess so. But I feel like a lot of people don't know about that. It doesn't make me feel any different. 
However, I entirely disagree with gatekeeping anything. It's so weird. I think that's shit. It's so <laughs> dumb, right? Yes. Like it's it's the one thing about religion that really pisses me off is when you try to dictate someone else's beliefs. Um, just to give a disclaimer, I have read the entire Bible. And how do you feel like that affects your beliefs? Uh, it didn't affect my beliefs. It seemed kind of historical, like a tiny story. Like That's how I feel about celebrating Jewish uh, holidays and traditions when I'm reading like uh, the Haggadah for Passover and like talking about like the plagues and the exodus from uh, Egypt to Jerusalem and all of that to me, like I know those events happened, whether or not it was religiously you know, involved or if it was embellished in any way. I need to point out that the Bible uh, for Catholicism and Christianity gets edited every year or two. Every few years they edit things. Oh? And actually Christianity itself uh, took away a lot of Celtic um, religion and replaced it with Christianity. Wait, what? This is my first time hearing about this, probably because I don't, I've never once looked at a Bible. <laughs> They sat, well, this isn't, this bit isn't in the Bible, but they sat down and they removed bits of history and changed it up so that it was more Christian. And I hate that. That's why I can't find much on the Morrigan anymore. But like, so when you say that, like, it's revised every few years, what do you mean by that? I mean, the book itself is revised. So like, just teachings are just changed? Yes. Huh. So if I was to read the Bible uh, 15 years ago versus today, would it almost be like reading a new book? It wouldn't be entirely like that, but there would be a lot of changes that you would notice if you were comparing the two. You'd be like, wait a minute, this wasn't in the other one. I do like the stories in them, though. I don't think that they're all necessarily religious, like you were saying. However, I do think they're quite interesting. And yeah. I'd love it if they were all real, but I don't think all of them are real necessarily to the extent that they're trying to say in the Bible. Right. So when I celebrate certain Jewish holidays, for me, it's a way of simply keeping traditions and history alive because as you said you know that things are getting written over and I so i want to light a candle okay <laughs> right now no i it, it's not hanukkah i want to write one i want to i want to oh i want to come over for hanukkah please dude get on some public transport i'll pick you up like halfway can we play with the dreidels yes yeah i have like 80 <laughs> See, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not Jewish, but I, I love like interacting with people and like having fun at their holiday stuff. Dude, I've celebrated at least like five Christmases in my lifetime so far. I had somebody give me a present on Hanukkah and Aww. I was so touched. Aww. You know, and it's so funny that you bring up presents as a little aside. Uh, as far as I know, uh, or at least what I've been told, is that presents were never a thing on Hanukkah. It was just because like this, everybody was so hype around the same time of the year because of Christmas and everybody was getting gifts for Christmas that like Jewish kids felt so left out. So they actually, Hanukkah's not that big of a holiday. Hanukkah is not our big holiday. 
but it's seen that way because it's so close to Christmas. So we sort of took some of the uh, traditions from Christmas and kind of made it our own in a way, just if only uh, to like keep the kids happy and not to like have them feel left out. But yeah, Hanukkah is not that big of a holiday for us. It just, it's just made to seem that way because it's at the same time as Christmas, which is like the major Christian Catholic holiday. Oh, can I drag that out again? Uh, Things like Christmas and Easter and things like that were actually uh, taken from paganism. Yeah, the solstices. Yeah, things like that were all taken from paganism. And you can argue as much as you want with me on that one, but you are wrong. (laughs) It always messed me up with the tree. Like, I just, I don't understand the tree. I know in paganism, there was meaning behind the tree. Mm-hmm. But there's no meaning behind the tree. There's no spiritual or historical significance of the tree, except in paganism. Yep. I don't remember what the significance is, but I know like it has to do with like nature, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I know that like, yeah. A lot of things from Christian faith was just sort of borrowed from other religions because it was made after a lot of other religions were already established. Christianity is just Judaism part two with added fear. So the solstice itself symbolizes a time of renewal and hope. And to celebrate that, people filled their homes with evergreen boughs, which would be the branches of the evergreen tree. Oh. They chose the evergreen trees because they maintained their color throughout the harsh winter months. Right. And other people groups, including Roman and Celtic cultures, hung the evergreens during the winter solstice in celebration and to keep away evil spirits and illness. You know, I like that reason. So um, it's funny that we, you know, are focusing on the tree. So my my parents have always been like, the one thing you are never allowed to do is you were never allowed to get a Christmas tree during Hanukkah. And I always thought that it was like, they were kind of joking about it. I was like, yeah, no, of course I'm not going to get, you know, a tree. It's Hanukkah, right? Well, fast forward to now that I'm in a very loving, committed relationship with my boyfriend, it turns out that they have a tree. Now they're not christian or catholic or anything they're jewish they but they have a what i refer to as a christmas tree however that's not the case it is a new year's tree apparently in russia which is where his family is from he's like first generation in russia they also you know decorate trees and you know evergreen trees at you know this time of the year it's just part it doesn't matter like what your religion is it's just part of you know Uh, the celebration and the decoration of the season. So they don't use it for Hanukkah, but they have it up during the month of December specifically for New Year's. And apparently in Russia, New Year's is like the big holiday. So, and I mentioned that to my dad, like, oh yeah, they have a a tree. And he's like, it's not a Christmas tree. I'm like, oh, I mean, I guess it kind of is. He's like, you are not allowed to have a Christmas tree. And I'm like, you know what, dad? You are making this so much more of a big deal than it needs to be. If he wants a damn tree, we're getting a damn tree. Ugh, parents do that. I, I, dads just, I, I got him to warm up to deal. it. He made fun of it a lot. And I think he got it out of his system. But like, it's so interesting that like so many different cultures took this one symbol and turned it, you know, 
completely for themselves in so many different ways. And I think that's beautiful. Honestly, one of the reasons was also just to make the house nice during the winter season because it can be very dreary and having something pretty and colorful is yeah. just so nice. And that's so I can why see like, why I'm so many it. cultures would want to. You know, especially as someone who does have seasonal depression, who hates the winter, I fucking hate the winter. And I don't... And I love the winter. Well, which is great because you live even more north than me. And I've, I've been there during your winter and it, it sucks ass, but you love it. So I so. fell. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still totally happy. I was talking to you. It was so funny. We talked about that uh, in the episode. Actually, that episode just went up today. Oh, I love that episode. That was so funny. Oh, uh, you're talking about your powers and you're talking about your fast healing and that was the example that you brought up. It was the most um, recent example. But yeah, I mean, holidays aside, it just is so interesting to me how some religions, you know, their rules, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily a bad thing. Like, uh, here's an example of people thinking these things are bad when in reality, they're they're really not. You know, best example is um, Muslim women wearing hijabs. So many like American people that don't understand the culture, which I also I'm not going to pretend like I fully understand it either. But like so many American people, when they see um, a Muslim woman wearing a hijab, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that your culture is making you do that. And they're always like, it's not they're not making me. I'm I'm choosing to do this. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so oppressed. And then, oh, like, pick me, pick me, pick me. Oh, yeah, go for it. What? I have a friend who is from Qatar. So, things like that are more part of their religious beliefs. Uh, he no longer believes in these things. In fact, he uh, rejects it. Uh, no, he is rejected a lot by the culture and the people in that location. There is a lot of gatekeeping in just the community and uh there's there's so many rules that it becomes gatekeeping and yeah. i don't personally like it however i i will it's not respect, our opinion yeah i will respect all religions as just you have that religion you you have the it. right to practice religion however you want as long as you're not hurting anybody i will hold true to that from till the day i die same so continue he has things like that and so he's got a few sisters and they have to deal with that and it's they're not in america Mm -hmm. but they have to deal with that sort of thing and it is a choice and it's just a it's more of a you know what's the opposite of frowned upon encouraged yeah it's more of an encouraged kind of thing that they feel most comfortable with i would assume but like so that's an example of something that people perceive to be oppressive and gatekeepy that really isn't so like there's you know a right way to have like you know your rules and your beliefs and your manifesto which is you know like whatever you choose to believe in and whatever rules you want to uphold is your choice it's the moment that you take your ideals and stick them on someone else and say that they don't have a choice or they're lesser than um or they're going to be in danger in some countries of going to jail especially in like uh more of like the eastern world really some of the eastern world when it comes to you know being gay like if you're 
if you're outed as gay, like in some places you can go to jail for that because the the religious factor is so prevalent. But like, that's what we should be talking about, not hijabs, mm-hmm. you know? So getting back to like more of like the Christian Catholic beliefs, one thing I really wanted to talk about was like the idea behind the fire brimstone teachings of Catholicism. I took a religions class my senior year of high school. I'm not going to pretend like I remember everything. That was like six years ago. God, that was like six years ago. Uh, One thing that we talked about, because we talked about like most of the major religions, like we would have like a couple weeks per religion. There was like a couple weeks dedicated to like Buddhism and Taoism and, and that kind of thing. But one thing that we talked about was the oppressive structure of some religions in order to exploit the people for the sake of the church. And I can give two examples of that. So the first one, which is the more well-known one, would be, you know, Catholicism, fire and brimstone, where basically the idea back then, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and so some of the details might be wrong, but the idea behind it basically is that if you did not donate to the church, you oh, would go to God. hell. So it was like, in order to show your faith, you had to literally pay the church or else you were seen as like you were you were basically shamed and then told that you were going to suffer for all eternity if you didn't pay the church let me pause that there because i had to grow up in that i was handed coins by family members so that people wouldn't look at me weird oh my when god the donation box came by and i didn't donate a couple times and the reason for that was i just didn't have money i was little But I also wasn't handed any money by family members. So I was like, okay, I guess I just won't donate. And I had a grown ass adult look at me with the biggest stink eye. Like, why would you do that? And I'm just like, I'm six. What do you want from me? I'm like, I can barely sit still in mass because it's boring. I'm sorry to anyone who enjoys mass, but I do not at the age of six. Yeah. I don't know if at, anybody enjoys church at six. I had to dress fancy and then sit still and listen to things I didn't understand. Was it the same thing every week? I don't know. I don't remember. Because for us, like for uh, Hebrew school, so like every Sunday, the first part of the day would be about uh, history. The second part of the day would be about Hebrew, like the language itself. But before any of that, there was a one hour long service and it was basically identical Every time. I wasn't allowed to go to mass after a certain point because I couldn't sit still. So I went to Sunday school. Uh, That's valid. It's just like, it it got so repetitive. So like we would sing like songs every time. Everything would be in like the same order. I know that like a lot of churches, because I've been to like one or two uh, services here or there, that like the, the priest will like have something to talk about and like use a Bible verse to like back it up or something. But at least it would be like a different conversation. But because uh. the but like the majority of uh, these ser- these Sunday services uh, before shul was like it was literally hammering the same Hebrew songs into my head in the same order. Like eighty percent, more than eighty percent of the service was all in Hebrew. I am not bilingual, <laughs> so like the whole time I'm just I don't know what's going on. And like so they have like books that you can like follow along in, and like there are translations here and there, but like. Did I do that every single time? No, after like the first 20 times, I stopped looking at the damn book. And Uh, I just, I'd be like, I don't even remember what this means. 
oh, why am I here? And then there was like uh, these like books with like this. I remember this so vividly. Books had like these little like uh, red placeholder ribbons as like bookmarks like built into them. And I just remember because they were like attached to like the seat in front in like a little like shelf kind of thing. And I just remember I would twist the ribbon until it like uh, wound itself up. And I would just do that for an hour. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end of Sunday school, I think we were supposed to like say what we were thankful for and then be like, uh, do you like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit thing? That's kind of cute. I can get behind being grateful. Grateful's good. I hate that. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't have a ton to be grateful for back then. Yeah, I didn't have a great life. Uh, so I don't blame you. I think you. I actually just said nine times out of ten that I was grateful that I was alive. <laughs> Valid. It was the only thing I could think of. Dude, like that's well, like family. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would have said family, so I'm there with you. I was just copying what other people were saying. <laughs> that's so sad. I didn't know what to do. I was young. I was like from six to like 12. But like some religions were just like set up inherently to be oppressive and to control the people, which is why I became agnostic in the first place. Because I was like, how much of this is bullshit? How much of this was just them trying to scare and control a population of people, you know? And I became agnostic at the beginning and now I'm just a witch, but I still don't believe in... I couldn't become agnostic at the beginning because I didn't know what they were saying half the time, so I didn't have an opinion. (laughs) I still don't practice uh, enough to be pagan, but I'm a heathen witch. The reason that I started out as pagan before that is because when I asked, well, who created God? They said, he just is. And I was like, I'm a science person. I was like, that is not an answer. Wait, okay, I speak wait. speak up to the guy and be like, that's not an answer. Uh, wait, can I throw that back at you? Yeah. How How was the Morgan created? Uh, she has, I believe she has a mother. I don't remember the name. How was her mother created? Uh, I didn't look that far back. I mean, like you, whenever you criticize another religion, you have to be able to have that mirror reflected back on yourself. You're, you're going to get back to me on that one of these oh, days. No, it could be the exact same situation. But that was the first thing <laughs> that made me go, no. I hate this. This is dumb. I'm going to go yeah. get some McDonald's. <laughs> oh my God. Happy meals. Happy meals as a child <laughs> before they got all healthy. Yeah. Ooh, them chicky nuggies. <laughs> Timkin nuggers. <laughs> Timkin nuggies. Chicken nuggies. (laughs) This is the part of the episode where it devolves into it's nearly 11 p.m. and we have one more to go. Um, But uh, I was talking about oppressive structures. And um, so the other oppressive structure, uh, structured religion that I wanted to talk about was Hinduism. Now, I don't know how much of this is put into practice these days. I'm not going to pretend like I have statistics for that. But at one point in time, and it could still be going on for all I know, is that there is something called the caste system. Have you heard about the caste system? Uh, In general society, I have, but go on. There's a very specific caste system in Hindu religion, at least at this time, um, where there were five types of people. And this all had to do with reincarnation, where um, basically, if you were a bad person in life, you would be reborn lower in the caste system 
wow, I'm going to be shit. (laughs) So, and like in order to reach Nirvana, which was like the big, you're like, I need to reach Nirvana in order to be, because the idea was I need to be released from the reincarnation loop to reach, you know, their version of, you know, heaven, enlightenment. That was the idea. So at the very top of the caste system, the ones closest to enlightenment are the Brahmins. These are the priests uh, and the academics. So they're like the really like high learned ones. So you would think of these as these people are the upper class. They are the highest class in terms of like, they're usually the wealthiest. Um, They're very well regarded. Those are the Brahmins. So underneath the Brahmins is uh, Kshatriya. So these were rulers, administrators, uh, and warriors. So rulers as in like, uh, I guess like in a way like lords, ladies, like again, very upper class. However, the priests were above them. I don't think they had, I don't know if they had like kings, queens. It's been a really long time since I learned about this. But basically the priests, the Brahmins were above whoever was like ruling the general society in terms of like they're uh they're better regarded because they're closer to reaching enlightenment underneath uh them was the vaishyas uh those are artists uh tradesmen merchants farmers people that do you know good work they uh i guess like they would be considered um like the white collared workers in a sense to like you know uh middle class just like middle of the road um underneath them are the shudras those are the manual laborers so people that you know would do like hard labor that that was just their their life now you get to the very bottom of the system uh the dalits they are literally referred to as the untouchables these are people born into this part of the caste system, believing this to be religiously their purpose in life. And all they do is like clean shit off the street. And you they live their entire life as untouchables. You cannot work your way through the class system in your life. If you are born into one of these classes, that is your class for the rest of your life. And you just, you hope to do the best that you can. So when you're reborn... Hopefully you'll be reborn the next ring up. Think about that. Think about how that works in a caste society. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of fucked. Like you can't like yeah, here. Like the theory is interesting. No, the theory. I mean, sure. Let's say you know suspension of disbelief. I still think it's fucked mm-hmm. up. But like this is basically saying like if you were a murderer in a past life you would be reborn as an untouchable but imagine spending your whole life and the idea behind is suffering you have to suffer your whole life and work your very hardest for society so just maybe in your next life you'll have a better life so you have to put your all and accept it if you don't accept it you'll just be reborn as another untouchable I personally believe that it is a system that was built to oppress the lower class into believing that this was their lot in life and they had no choice in the matter. I don't, I mean, and even if it is reincarnation, those jobs are still being forced onto them. Like you, if this caste system, again, I don't know if it still goes on. I know that it definitely happened for a very long time. And maybe in some cultures or some parts of the world maybe they do still practice this in one way or another but i personally believe it is a system specifically for the people at the top 
to exploit the people at the bottom and make them believe through using religion as a weapon that this is just because they were a terrible person. This is what they have to now endure. So many people use religion as a weapon too, and that's just not okay. But yeah, that's the idea. When I say like some religions in their manifestos are built to be oppressive to control their people. And that is something I do not, I'm not about that. The whole like, if you, you know, again, if you like don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. If you uh, don't donate to the church, you're going to hell. If you don't love your job as an untouchable, you're just going to be reborn as another untouchable. So you better do your job really well while everybody else gets to live a good life because maybe in a past life you were a terrible person, but there's no way of knowing, but we're going to make you believe that you were like, it's to me, that is so fucked up. So that's the difference when I say like, uh, you know, in America, we're always just like, oh my God, you're wearing a hijab. You're so oppressed. That's not oppression. (laughs) Oppression is this idea that you do not have a choice and that beliefs are being weaponized against you in order to make your life less than or to be controlled establishment fuck the establishment man fuck (laughs) but yeah i mean so that's my take on like mainstream religion again it's like as long as you're not harming anybody you believe whatever the hell you want but if they're if you're built into a system and that system the excuse is that's our religion. That's just how it is. That's And if you don't believe it, you're either going to hell or you're never escaping this living hell. Like, I hate it. I hate that so much. So gatekeepy religion and oppressive religion, I'm not here for. Any other religion, you do you. I agree. So next episode, uh, and this is going to be the last one we record for this little three-parter, <laughs> I'm going to ask you your opinion on the afterlife. All right. Uh, so look forward to that one, guys. I think that one should be uh, next week, if I'm remembering the schedule correctly. <laughs> we are recording. Who all- knows? Uh, there's a there's a Reddit in here somewhere. <laughs> but um, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our little religion debate. Maybe you learned something. Maybe we got something wrong. Let us know. Uh, And yeah, as always, uh, if you can engage with our video in any form or join us in Discord, uh, links for that is down below. Whatever you can do to be a part of the community. We want to hear from you and we love you and stay spooky. Bye bye.